I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today we're talking with Jonathan Bass, Vice President of Communications for Solar City. To celebrate the one-year anniversary of the company's initial public offering, Solar City launched the Give Power Foundation to build a cleaner, more sustainable future by providing solar energy to those in need. For every megawatt of residential solar power that Solar City installs in 2014, the company will bring light to a community by donating a solar power system and battery combination to a school that is currently without access to electricity. We thought we'd get the details straight from the company itself. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. First, congratulations on the year anniversary of your IPO. What effect, if anything, has being a public company had on Solar City and the way it does business? Well, I think we never saw going public as the end of anything. It's an important step in a process. You know, our goal is to become the most compelling energy provider in the world and reach one million customers in the next five years. And it certainly makes it easier to raise more capital, deliver more clean energy. It increases the, the visibility and profile of the company and also the category. One of the biggest challenges we have in solar is education. It's possible for people to pay less for solar electricity than they pay for utility power. A lot of them just don't realize that. So anything that can raise visibility, like an IPO, is, is going to be very positive from the education standpoint. Obviously, the company decided to launch the Gift Power Foundation to celebrate the anniversary. Tell us how the idea of the foundation came to be. We've been talking about doing something like this for a few years. We started by doing individual projects in partnership with Elon Musk and the Musk Foundation. We, we donated a, a solar battery combination for a hurricane response center in Alabama. We teamed up with Elon and the Musk Foundation on a solar system for an area devastated by the Fukushima accident. And then we also did some work with solar power generators in the aftermath of Sandy. And this has really been employee-driven. Employees really want to do more. I think a lot of people that work in the solar industry are motivated by, by more than just money. They want to give back in a variety of ways. And Hayes Barnard, our, our chief revenue officer, joined the company through the acquisition of Paramount Equity or, or Paramount Solar. We really had a vision for, for Give Power that we felt could, could deliver a lot of impact, uh, the, you know, the maximum amount of impact for, for something like this. And that would be to, to give away not only clean power, but, but to give it away in a way that would give light to schools that lack even you know, basic access to electricity. So Hayes deserves a lot of credit for the, for the ultimate vision that, that's being implemented to give power. But I think it's really been employee-driven. There, there are a few hundred employees in the company who are really, really excited about this initiative. And I think many of them will be, will be you know, going on the tracks and, and really sort of making it happen. In the announcement, Solar City provided some statistics on the need for sustainable lighting in developing nations. Enlighten my listeners about the worldwide problem of darkness and what it means for so many communities. Uh, you know, I think it's difficult for, for us, you know, in the United States to re relate to what it would be like to live without access to electricity. And it's sort of staggering. I, I didn't realize this until we started delving into it and putting the program together. But, but approximately 20% of the world's population uh, lacks access to, to electricity, more than a billion people. You know, the fossil fuel-based solutions can be hazardous to human health and, and local environments. So we felt by providing a renewable energy solution, we could give communities not only a place to gather at night, further their educations, and, and really foster deeper connections within the community, 
but also, you know, do it in a way that doesn't impact air quality or, or human health or, or local environment. I looked at the release, and the first four companies targeted with this program are Haiti, Mali, Malawi, and Nepal. How did you guys decide on those countries? We're working with BuildOn, an organization that builds schools uh, in the developing world. And so initially we'll be, we'll be working on schools that, that BuildOn develops. But the majority of the communities that are most seriously affected by energy poverty are in Africa and in certain parts of Asia. And you know, Haiti continues to have needs related to the impact of the earthquake it suffered in 2010. So I don't know that, that you know, those that, are, that study energy poverty would necessarily be surprised by those communities. So, so part of it is based on you know, where BuildOn is, is doing projects, but, but those are really the, the, the areas that have the most need with regard to energy poverty. Is there an amount of money that Solar City is hoping to reach in its first year? Do you guys have a goal? We don't have a goal that, that's you know, a, a financial goal. We'll, we'll be funding uh, all the projects initially. Um, our goal is to light one school for every residential megawatt of solar we install in 2014. So that would, that would be you know, hundreds of schools, uh, even if they aren't all installed in 2014. And that gives us a way to tie you know, our business success, our business metrics, uh, directly with, with what we're giving back. And it also gives every, every solar customer, every residential solar customer of Solar City can know that they're playing a part in lighting a school because every residential megawatt will be, will be connected to a school. So that, that's how we set up the goal of the program. Will you tell them which school their megawatt's funding? We would ultimately like to do that. We, we, don't, have the, we don't have that capability built in yet, but, but that's, that's one of the things that we'd like to do with the program, yes. I think our, our customers, I mentioned the employees and what motivates them. I think customers are also, they're, they're very excited about being a part of, of proliferating clean energy and, and helping make this transition away from, from polluting power to clean power. And I think they'll be really excited about the way, a way to participate in that that, that extends beyond the United States borders and, and gives you know, light and other benefits in addition to clean power. So that is something that we really want to do, and we think our customers will be excited about it. Jonathan, you've already mentioned Build On. Can you tell us a little bit more about what they do and what other partners you have in this venture? Well, Build On really stood out to us as, as sort of the partner to be to be hooked up with initially. They've already built, I believe, hundreds of schools, and you know, they will be our primary partner. They'll handle the overall construction of the school and help to arrange travel and other logistics for our, our part of the projects. So we do expect to have other partners, but we're excited to have Build On as our primary partner initially. Have you had an opportunity to visit any of the communities that Solar City hopes to help? And if so, what was that like? I have not. I, I was not able to visit the first project. We, you know, we completed our first project in Nicaragua, and that, that trek was led by uh, our CEO, Lyndon Rive, and, uh, and Hayes, our chief revenue officer I mentioned earlier. And the stories they brought back were amazing, you know, just, just the impact of, of, of lighting a school and particularly the impact beyond just, you know, the students at the school, you know, that it, that it really what was happening in the communities before were that people, at, you know, at the end of the day, they were going back to their homes and not really engaging in community activity. And, and so simply by having light at a, at a centralized location, it gave the community a gathering place and really, you know, fostered sort of a deeper connection among community members than just, you know, the, you know, the education, the educational opportunities that are afforded by having light in school. So it really brought the community together in a way that I think they, they couldn't even anticipate when they did the project. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that I'm going to be able to participate in one of the upcoming treks, uh, whether it be to, to, to Africa or Nepal or Haiti in 2014.
able to attend when we donated a solar power and, and battery backup to a hurricane response center in southern Alabama. It was an area that had really been hit hard by Hurricane Katrina. New Orleans got all the headlines, but southern Alabama was hit just as hard. Coden, Alabama was the community. And then the BP oil spill, this is a commercial fishing area. Uh, the BP oil spill basically put everyone out of a job for an extended period of time because weren't allowed to, to, to do any commercial fishing in, in, in that time period. So the, the Hurricane Response Center, they built the Hurricane Response Center after Katrina, and we donated a solar power system with battery backup because a lot of the community members had been without power during a heat wave following Katrina and, and really didn't want to have that happen again. So even in the event that the area loses power, the, the solar power system with battery backup can keep, keep the community center running, the Hurricane Response Center, and give especially elderly residents or residents in need, families with children, a place to gather that has air conditioning and, and food and, and a, a place to centralize aid efforts. So I was able to attend that, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited to attend one of the treks uh, as part of Give Power in, in 2014. If people want to find out more about the Give Power Foundation, Solar City's role in putting it together, and how they can help, where's the best place for them to find that information? The, the website right now, it's, it's part of the Solar City website. It's solarcity.com slash givepower. Uh, that would be the, the best place. There's a video of, of the first installation so people can get a sense of what these projects look like and their, their ways to get involved. Uh, if you scroll down to the page, you can, you can, uh, you can find additional information, and, and, and including you know, how you can get involved with, with the program. We've been speaking with Jonathan Bass, Vice President of Communications for Solar City, about their launch last month of the Give Power Foundation, dedicated to bringing solar lighting to developing countries that need a sustainable power solution. Jonathan, would you come back on the show after you do a few more installations to give our listeners an update on how it's doing? Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. This has been Solar Speaks, Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Until next time.